So, uh, hello, how are you? How is her? I'm great. <laughs> Still doing well. Good to be back. Yeah, thank you so much for coming back. So, yeah, I guess that means you had an okay time last time. I had an okay time last time. I kind of would have hoped maybe that we were post-pandemic when we did this again, but uh, apparently we're going to drag this out. Yeah, I got uh, I got my hand slapped the other day by my wife when I was like, you know, well, I mean, you know, now in a post-pandemic, you know, I mean, people are, nah, 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 we're not we there. Not. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's... <laughs> So one of the reasons that I wanted to have you back on, yeah. aside from the fact that it was a great conversation last yeah, time and fun. really enjoyed it, um, is because you are an economics professor, a doctorate in economics. Uh, not, the, <laughs> not the good kind of doctor, the, the fake kind. And, uh, you know, last uh, couple of weeks, mm-hmm. debt, you know, and are we going to, you know, uh, raise the ceiling right? and all right. of that good stuff comes up and, you know depending on who seems to have more votes, they seem right. to be kind of in control of everything. But yada, 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 the debt ceiling was raised at right. least until December. Early December. Early December. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so last I checked, and I would ask you to corroborate, it was about $26 trillion. We, I was going to say, so it's 26 or $27 trillion is okay. what the actual debt is and is headed for. If it's not at 27 yet, it's very close. It's, yeah, I mean... Within the hour. Yeah, it could be, right? Like, you could just <laughs> tick over and wait. Yeah. I mean, we'll just... Um, so with that, uh, should we be worried? Is it is it a political football or... or sh- uh, what, where uh, is it in our lexic- our local... So you should be... So and this is the way I look at it. You should be really worried that people do dumb stuff with the debt ceiling because the debt ceiling is dumb. You should be less worried about the fact that there's $27 trillion in debt. That's a huge number, but it's, it, it's less problematic than it seems. The debt ceiling is pure political theater that's dumb. Okay. So the fight over the debt ceiling is dumb. I did really, there's <laughs> there's no other word is. for this. So the debt ceiling isn't a limit on... The debt ceiling is, works this way. If you had... Uh, um, $12,000 in credit card debt. Okay. And you just instituted your own personal debt ceiling of $10,000. Then you would, the equivalent of what the government is doing is that you'd call up Citibank or whoever holds your, your credit card debt and you'd say, oh, by the way, hey, uh, just to let you guys know, I have a personal $10,000 debt limit, so I won't be paying you the extra two. Oh. And they'd say, really? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that, right? Yeah. Like that's that's not how this works, right? You that's fantastic that you tell yourself that you have a ten thousand dollar debt limit, but you owe us twelve thousand dollars. You you spent that money, so the debt ceiling works the same way. The government has spent more, has plans, and is is on track to spend more money and need to borrow more money than the debt ceiling. Okay, you. The same people who are arguing that we should have a debt ceiling passed the laws to say we should spend the money to spend more than the debt ceiling. So this is just dumb. This is The debt ceiling doesn't stop us from spending. It doesn't stop us from passing a new law to, to spend more. It is completely and utterly ineffectual, other than potentially creating the biggest financial crisis you've ever seen, 2008, 2009 times 20. Okay, so that kind of plays into kind of the next thought of, you know, we hear about the concern if we default, quote unquote. Right. And what is a default formally? 
And then why why would it be twenty right. times worse than two thousand eight? So let's 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 say we get to December. They don't pass the debt limit. Uh, they don't increase the debt ceiling, and they tell the Treasury Department, "All right, you can't go past twenty six twenty seven trillion, right? Fine." Uh, but but Treasury has you know Social Security checks to send. They have to pay Department of Defense people. That right? They have to make all these payments. So what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, well, I can't pay off the interest on all the debt, and I can't pay off the, the bonds that are coming due in December in completion. Now, it's not that they can't pay any of them. They're like, I can pay 98 cents on the dollar or 99 cents on the dollar. The issue is, is that now everybody who bought those is like, whoa, wait a second. I put my money in treasury bonds, which in many cases, like pension funds and stuff, are legally required to put them in treasury bonds because they're safe. And so now they're only getting 99 cents on the dollar of the payments. So they're earning less for their the retirees or their investors or whoever. And the problem is the treasury then has to, what do they give everybody 99 cents on the dollar? Or do they pick 1% of the bonds and be like, we're just not going to pay you at all. Oh, man. Right? And and so it's not that, like, nothing gets paid out on treasury bonds. They don't lose all value. I'm like, oh, forget it. We're not going to pay. It's that now there's uncertainty about whether you get paid and how much. Treasury bonds are essentially the, I don't think it's a stretch to say, they're the fundamental building block of the entire financial system, right? Banks trade them. Pension funds, investors trade them. They are, they're like money, uh, and they're considered secure. They're considered good collateral for other securities. So if they have lose their certainty, if they become risky, if they become uh, unknown what they'll pay off, essentially a whole bunch of financial transactions just shut down. Shut down immediately? Or? Yeah, because now I don't know whether you're getting paid and I can't, I'm not, why am I going to take your treasury bond? What if mm-hmm. I'm one of the 1% that doesn't get paid? I have to revalue them because at least I know I'm only getting 99 cents. It's just, it's a disaster and it probably brings most of the financial system to a full screeching halt as, as banks and, and financial companies figure out well, what the hell do we use instead? So it, it'd be, re, it's a ridiculous own goal. It's full on cutting the nose to spite the face, shooting yourself in the foot, pick your metaphor. <laughs> it is, it would be ridiculously stupid to not raise the debt ceiling as the discussion you want to have about how much debt should we hold? And is there a, is 27 trillion, a lot of debt and how do you pay it back? Totally legit discussion to have. This is not the way to have that discussion. So would you get rid of it altogether? I mean, completely. I would just, it was a political theater when it got enacted. It has no meaning other than to potentially cause a default. It has no positive impact mm -hmm. in the sense that it restrains spending. Theoretically, but I mean, they've never... I, Not I, even theoretically. Like, there's nothing that stops Congress from passing a bill that will blow past the debt ceiling. Nothing. Right. But then the debt ceiling, you know, the Treasury's like, oh, by the way, we're getting close to that stupid debt ceiling that you guys set up. <laughs> I, so here's the uh, here's a good analogy of it. It's, um, it's as effective as me coming out and saying, you know what, I need to lose weight. I'm only going to eat 2,000 calories a day. It's totally reasonable, right? It's a good idea. It's right. Right, a good plan, right? I'd be healthier. This would be great. It, okay. It only is ineffective if you follow it, right? Right. If as I, long as somebody doesn't order if, queso. If I go or... out and get a cheeseburger and fries, I've blown past it. It doesn't stop me, right? Me telling myself in the morning, I'm only eating 2,000 calories today. And everybody who's been on a diet knows this. You can tell yourself that in the morning. Right. 
doesn't stop you from ordering something at the restaurant. You have to actually make the decision at the time. Mm-hmm. So the debt ceiling's like waking up and saying, you know what, I'm going to eat less today. Just feel okay, like Okay, cool, great. Good luck to you, right? Like it's, and it's just as dumb. I think what I, uh, is the analogy extension maybe off if you're like, I'm going to eat less today, but oh, by the way, I just got a truckload of food delivered to the doorstep? Well, in some sense, right? It's uh, like the debt ceiling thing is dumb in the, in the sense that it's like, uh, I, I only want to eat 2,000 calories today. I went out and, you know, oh. It was somebody's birthday. It was my wife's birthday. So we actually, you know, we had cake, right? And I blew past my 2,000 calories. Like, oh, crap, I had a 2,000 calorie limit. Well, I'm just going to need to go throw up in the bathroom, right? <laughs> so it's, it's the equivalent of saying you should have an eating disorder, which okay. is like, oh, I which have is to, not this, good. Yeah. this is not good, right? This is not the healthy way to deal with your weight. There's healthy ways to deal with your weight in terms of saying, oh, well, there was, it was my wife's birthday and I ate 3,000 calories today. Well, I'm going to have to be careful the next couple days. I'm, right, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to run a little longer tomorrow when I run. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat a I'm going to be more careful and get a salad at lunch for the next couple of days. That's the reasonable way to deal with this. And so the financial analogy would be, whew, it's the pandemic. And we, we think this was good that we spent a bunch of money, right, we, with support checks. And I think there, there's a lot of reasons to believe that was the right move. So the right move then is like, oh, okay, I ate a lot. All right, so then you can look forward and say, well, then maybe what we should be doing in the future is thinking about how we might save money right. and spend less. Totally reasonable. But that's not what the debt ceiling's doing. Right. It's, it's, it's essentially saying, go throw up in the closet. And, yeah, and that doesn't sound good at all. Right. So where, where does the debt ceiling come from? Where, where does it first? Uh, political theater. I mean, like... 20... Oh, God, I'm old. 30 years ago? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's pretty somewhat recent. I, I mean, it's not like yeah, it was no, back in... Yeah, no, it hasn't existed. It was political... Th- I want to say it was mid-90s. It might have been. It was political theater. It said, like, oh, we're putting a debt limit so you could say that you were responsible and we won't, you know, spend this money without actually having to tie your own hands. Mm-hmm. Whoever passes it, and I honestly don't even remember, like, which side or who passed it, but the clear motivations were... I want to look like I'm fiscally responsible with zero constraints. Right. Right. This is the, I'm going to, I'm only going to eat 2000 calories today. I'm going to tell that to my, my wife when I get up, I look like I'm really, yeah. Like, look at me. I am being healthy. She's like, that's awesome, honey. And my wife's a nutritionist. So she's going to be like, oh, great. Here's some recommendations. Here's some, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, some look at me. And then I'm going to go get a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing stops me from getting the cheeseburger. Like the, the, what you'd want to do is say, hey, honey, I want to eat more healthy. Can we please pull all the chips out of the, we're gonna, I want to throw away the chips. And when we go to the grocery store, I want to buy healthy food. That would be restraining my own behavior. Right. But just waking up and saying, I'm going to eat Just hoping healthy. that it, yeah, it goes less. Doesn't, doesn't cost me anything. So, uh, you know, are we close to calling like Dave Ramsey so we can get, you know, that debt snowball going? Like, I mean, uh, no. So the, the, I guess debt, the, the debt ceiling's dumb. Should we be worried about the size of the debt? Not really. I mean, it's a, it's a big number, right? $27 trillion is a big number. It's a big country. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big economy. It's, it, it, so let me, let me put it this way. So whether that's a lot, whether that's a lot or too much, right? Um, Think of it this way. I, I, the analogy of a, of a government to a business is, is bad, but let's think about this as if it was a business. So let's take a number that's really big, $27 billion. 
So think of a company around here, Chevron or somebody. That's a big number. It's probably a big number even for Chevron. So if I told you Chevron had $27 billion in debt, is that a lot? Sounds like it could be. Sounds like it's a lot of money, right? Like just in absolute terms, it's a crap ton. I believe that's the official <laughs> word for it. It's a crap ton of money. But is it a lot for Chevron to have $27 billion in debt? Like how would you assess that? You dig into their finances. And the questions you'd want to know answers to were, could you make the interest payments? Right? If you can make the interest payments, okay. That's a good start. Not yeah, that nice. much. That's not that it's certainly not a burden then, right? Are you losing money every year because you're, ma you're paying, right? Like, are you literally, Chevron got negative profits because they're paying so much in interest or not? That, that'd be one way to assess it. And the other way is, well, is it all kind of coming due at once, right? Like, you think of them having a bond, corporate bonds out there for $27 billion. The, a dangerous situation would be, well, we have these bonds and they all come due, you right. know, in 2022, all at, on the same day. <laughs> so we got to come up with $27 billion in cash, on December 31st, 2022. That would be tough, right? Because any company's not going to be operating to hoard up that much cash. So you'd look at those two things and you'd say, well, if, if neither of those is happening, if they can make the interest payments, no big deal, and they aren't all stacked up in the redemptions all at the same time, then you're fine, right? Like you can probably roll over, you know, if it's some of it comes due every year. You can probably roll it over as long as you're going concerned because your interest payments aren't too high. That's probably not a big deal. You'd, you're fine. Right. And, and you might compare it to their assets, right? And they're like, well, do you have a lot of assets? I realize it's $27 billion a lot. Well, I don't know. We got $80 billion in assets. Well, it doesn't sound like that much then. Right. So you'd want to apply the same metrics here, which is not is $27 trillion a lot. Is could you make the interest payments? The interest payments on the debt in the US right now. I think it's I'm gonna say three hundred billion. I'm probably a little under. It's probably like three thirty, three hundred thirty billion. Considerably less than twenty six trillion, but right, yeah. because twenty six trillion is the face value. Right. Right. And this is the interest payment. It's the same as your mortgage, right? Like my mortgage is hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Right. Or a year. I pay thousands of dollars. I make the interest payments. Yeah, I guess the headline is always thinking that, you know, once we default, then, yeah, we owe all that money we all, at once. All, we have to pay it all back at once, right. and that's not the case, right? We owe 300-some billion a year, probably 350 at this point, I, you know, whatever the exact number is. That's totally reasonable within the scope of what the government collects in taxes. It's a big number. It's half of what we spend on defense. It's a third of what we spend on Social Security. It's half of what we spend on <laughs> Medicare. So it's in the scope of the government's budget. It's, it's actually not that big of a number. It's, it's right. not even top three. So we can make the payments. And the $350 billion, you're like, oh, can you sustain that? Well, sure. I mean, the income, the taxable income in the United States is, is multiple is 20-some trillion dollars a year. And tax that at whatever rate you're taxing it at. You can cough up $300 billion without too much of trouble. So from that right. perspective... We can keep making the payments. Does the $27 trillion all come due on the same day at some point, like five years from now? We're like, oh, crap, we got to come up. No, they roll it over. Like the Treasury may be the most sophisticated CFO office in the world. <laughs> it's three-month bills and six-month bills and one years and 10 years and 30 years. And they, it's all optimized so that there's always a little bit coming due at a time and they roll it over. And so that, you know, of that $27 trillion, next year, maybe a trillion comes due over the course of the year, and then they right. roll most of it over, which is what Chevron would do if they had a billion dollars in debt coming due. 
And then the last thing is, is it a big number compared to the assets? Well, what are the, and this is the hard part for the government side, right? If we treat it as a business, these are the liabilities, what are the assets? The government doesn't have a lot of what you would think of as traditional assets, but every road uh, is an asset of the government. Uh, you know, all the federal, you know, interstates and things like that. There's a bunch mm -hmm. of airports, uh, defense bases. The U.S. government owns something like $17 trillion in land. Oh, wow. Right. Like it's, they own most of Nevada, you know, and big wow. chunks of Utah and all this. I mean, there's, we have a ridiculous amount of assets against those liabilities. So there's, on a, just kind of a regular financial perspective, the debt's not actually that big. Right. It just is a big number. <laughs> <laughs> on its face, it yeah. is. So uh, this is kind of putting on your political hat a little bit, but so does Congress want us to continue to think it's a big number? I mean, because I understand what you're saying, although yeah. it is a big number, in reality, there could be some measures to make over many, yeah. many years that goes to zero or, right. or however. I, it's, a, it's a number that people hook onto because it's tangible, right? We can talk about it. And it's big, so it's, it hits you in the face. It's $27 right. trillion. Dollars. Yeah, there's that whole ticker. Yeah, yeah right. Like, like it, you know, exactly. You can watch it tick <laughs> up. And unfortunately, not everybody in the world is going to watch and or listen to this podcast and think through the, is that can we pay that or not? They think, oh my God, there's, I have to pay back $27 trillion hmm. effectively tomorrow. Like, no, but it's useful politically. If you, if you, if you, if you want to spend more money. So if you're, you're the Democrats right now, you're Biden and you're trying to push through uh, infrastructure slash whatever we want to call it, infrastructure bill. You want to say that's actually not a lot of money, right? You're going to make the arguments and, and say the things I just said. <laughs> Okay. It's like, so actually the, the headline number is not the thing you should worry about. We can manage this. And I think that's right. We can argue about whether you want the things in that bill, whether those make sense, but they're right from the sense that as a debt thing, it's not a problem for loading up debt. Right. Okay. But if you're on the opposite political side of it, you're going to say, oh my God, that's adding too much to the debt. Not because you really financially care but because it's useful as a club to beat the head of the opponent with. Right. I mean, and, and this happens. It's political points. Yeah. If you go the other side, it's like, should we cut taxes? <gasps> that's going to balloon the debt. Well, yeah, but we just decided that that's not a big deal. So that's not the reason to, to oppose the cutting of taxes. It, that's a distributional question. I don't think you should give a tax cut to those people. So it's not a unique thing to anybody. I think, I think the right in general tends to use it more as a bludgeon than the left, mm -hmm. but, but it's a bludgeon that doesn't really make sense. So if they do default, um, you alluded a little bit with the banks and the, yeah. the system and the industry would do, but what about locally for me, day one, like, you know, if, if they default on a Friday, you know, what, what do I wake up to Saturday or like your 401k being worth about, I don't know, three quarters or half of what it was the day before. Okay, because that's that's not for that's just because everybody's like sell, everybody sell, freaks sell, out. Sell, 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 sell. This is a disaster. The financial system is going to melt down. I need to get into safe assets, and now there's no safe asset. So everybody's going to be selling out of the unsafest assets they want and trying to get into other foreign bonds. Uh, okay. get out. I mean, I don't even know. And that's I think the scary part is people don't even know what everybody be running around trying to buy into. And that's what scares me about the financial sectors. When they all don't know what to do, they all pull back, 
right? And they're like, well, I'm just going to literally sit on as much cash as I can. Put it under the mattress. Put it under the mattress. And so good luck refinancing your mortgage. Good luck. You know, you're, you know, if you were thinking of buying a house, your mortgage rate's going to be eight, nine, 10% now, not three Hmm. or four. Uh, Getting a car loan, all of a sudden now you're going to be paying 12 or 15. Uh, If your credit card, you know, is going to be your credit card payment, you know, interest rate, which is, you know, usually some market rate plus, well, that plus just just it went <laughs> just it's plus a lot yeah. uh, at this point. So it, <laughs> that you you'd you wouldn't you know you wouldn't wake up and like that. It's not like meteors would be falling and electricity would be off, but financially, the it would come to a screeching halt in the sense that credit would just I think disappear. Would food still make it to the grocery so this stores? Is, and so as we've seen in the pandemic and stuff, and in the the Great Recession, when the financial system starts to slow down, that's when you start to see real repercussions because most businesses operate on some turnover and credit. Well, if the credit's not available, all of a sudden they can't, they can't keep going. So I think you would see significant disruptions, not the day of, right? Mm-hmm. But the next month when a supplier was like, hey, I need the, you know, I'm not going to supply you unless I get my payment, Right. They're like, well, I can't get the payment because I usually borrow it against the fact that I'm going to sell this stuff. And, and now all of a sudden I can't get that loan or the loan is, is 12% from my bank as opposed to it used to be two, right? right? Ah, the crap, I'm going to go out of business if I'm paying 12. So we forget that all these things are linked. So once that financial link goes, it, it's going to ripple into the real world eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it would look a lot like the Great Recession, but faster. So it'd be some kind of weird combo of, covid where everything happened immediately and the great recession financial crisis where it happened because of the financial system shutting down yeah i think uh i think now i'm understanding what you meant by the dumbness but um but also the fact that they should just get rid of it because it really it doesn't it's not doing anything yeah because they're going to spend the money if they need to or not and no you know you wouldn't not spend the money because you got to you know, from what you're right. saying, the it doesn't impose any limit. It doesn't impose any real limit on legislation or spending. Yeah. They can pass anything they want. So that has no bite on that side. The only thing it's like, you know what? I'm walking around. It's like, I'm walking around with this grenade in my hand and the pin out. I'll be fine. Like there's only bad things that can happen, right? Like I could trip and drop the grenade and now I'm dead. The only thing about the debt limit is that it's walking around with a live grenade. Mm. There's no positive to this yeah. whatsoever. It's if you if you just if all you need is a couple you know intransigent senators to be like we should just do it, <laughs> and they're going to blow kind of everybody out of the water for nothing, right? For nothing, they won't have stopped us from passing legislation to to spend more money. 